0: You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. First of all, I'd just like to say hello, and I've already done that. Good. Uh, The next thing I'd like to say is that there is a transcript for most of what I'm saying in this episode. So, if you want to read. Uh, and follow uh, the things that I'm saying, then you can. Just visit uh, teacherluke.wordpress.com and find episode 162, and there you'll be able to read what I'm saying, okay? Um, And the transcript should start pretty much now, okay? So, here we go. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? I hope you're fine and that life is generally treating you well. All's well here at Luke's English Podcast. Um, I've just had some soup which was nice. It was tomato soup. It was delicious. Uh, The last episode I recorded was all about having babies, creating human life, and all that kind of stuff, which is a fascinating topic, if a little bit sensitive, intimate, personal, and ultimately quite heavy. I mean, it's not a light topic, is it? It's not like chatting about cooking recipes or golf or movies or something you know? Hi, how are you? Haven't seen you in a while. What have you been up to? Oh, not much, just working. Watched the new Tolkien movie. Had a baby. Oh yeah, how is The Hobbit? That's no way to talk about my child. No, I mean the movie, The Hobbit. How was it? I don't really care about your baby. Oh yeah, right. Well, yeah, The Hobbit was, was pretty good, actually, Um, and, and the baby's fine. No, it's not... It, it's a fairly heavy topic, but interesting nonetheless. Also, it's just something that comes up now and again in conversation. When you meet a pregnant woman, you'll undoubtedly have to have the pregnancy conversation. And will you know all the relevant words and phrases to be able to survive that conversation? Well, in this podcast, you're going to learn all of that stuff, okay? In the last episode, I didn't get through everything, and I didn't say everything I wanted to say on this subject. Um, I made a list of vocabulary, of phrases and words around the topic of pregnancy, so I'll be explaining that in this episode. But also, I'd like to discuss the subject a little bit from the, the man's perspective, And then you're going to listen to comedian Louis C.K. talking about his experience of becoming a father, which is a pretty honest and frank personal account. Why have I chosen to cover this topic in this episode? Am I going to have a baby myself? Am I pregnant? Well, I have put on some weight and I did feel a bit sick this morning, but I think that's beer, not a baby but seriously, it's just because I think it's interesting. I'd like to have kids, not right now, I'm recording a podcast, but soon, and so I'm curious about all of this. I'm a grown-up man. Honestly, I am, and I should be well informed about these things. Also, I think it's a good way to introduce you to lots of new vocabulary. So first, let's go through the vocab You will have heard Amber and me say some of these things in the previous episode. Um, And so I wonder how many of these words you know. Can you use them all in your conversations? Let's see. So let's begin with the vocab. Okay, so I've got my list of vocab here in front of me. Let's go through it, shall we? The first uh, couple of terms... The first one would just be, she's pregnant, which obviously just means that she's going to have a baby. Uh, there are other ways of referring to the fact that a woman is pregnant. For example, you could say, she's expecting, she's expecting, she's expecting to have a baby, right? She's expecting. Um, now, I wonder, actually, while I'm going through this vocab, I'm going to comment on not just what these things mean, but also when they're used. So, you, I personally wouldn't say, she's expecting. Um, I don't think so. I'd I'd say she's pregnant, she's going to have a baby. But you might read the word expecting in like a newspaper article in reference to, sort of with reference to uh, someone having a baby. So expecting or she's expecting means she's pregnant. Um, A slang term is she's preggers, preggers. So preggers is like short for pregnant. She's preggers, okay? Um, Again, that's kind of a slang thing. Um, People might say it with a bit of ironic humour. You know, have you heard about Amber? Yeah, she's well preggers, meaning that she's like really pregnant. So you could could sort of say that with a bit of fun. You might read that in a tabloid newspaper or something as well. It's the kind of informal English that you might read in in the sun or the the mirror or something like that. So uh, preggers, meaning pregnant. Um, Let's see, what else? She's with child. She's with child. Now, again, I wouldn't say that, but you might read it somewhere. To be with child. Not with a child, but just with child. That means pregnant. Um, We've got some other sort of informal uh, slang expressions or idioms that uh, you might hear with reference to being pregnant. Um, And these, you know, they're quite slang. They're they're slang terms. They're a little bit rude. Um, So one of them is that she's up the duff. She's up She's up the duff. Up the duff. Now, don't ask me what the duff is, okay? But basically, she's up the duff means that she's pregnant. Now, watch out for that. It's a bit rude. The word duff isn't a rude, like, sexual word. Just It's just a little bit of a kind of um, unsophisticated uh, way of of saying that someone's pregnant. So, be careful. Um, she's up the duff. Another one is she's got a bun in the oven. She's got a bun in the oven, okay? A bun is like a a small bread roll. There's lots of words that we use to describe bread rolls in England, depending on which part of the country you're in. A bun, a roll, a batch, a balm, a bap. These are all words for the same thing, a little roll of bread. A bun is a common word for it. She's got a bun in the oven, that's quite an illustrative expression, isn't it? If you can imagine an oven, it's hot, it's warm, it's uh, sort of, uh, there's a there's a bun in there um, and it's developing and at the right time, the bun will come out of the oven and it will be ready. So she's got a bun in the oven. There you go, she's, she's pregnant. Uh, she's knocked up, to be knocked up. That's K-N-O-C-K-E-D, up, knocked up. There's a movie called Knocked Up Um, a kind of comedy from america again it's slang it could be taken the wrong way if you said it oh yeah congratulations i hear that you're knocked up see sometimes it's used in a negative way you know Um, so be careful with that but you might read it you might sort of see it or hear it in a movie or something to be knocked up means to be pregnant Um, you could say that she's a mum to be a mum to be, meaning that she's going to be a mum, so she's a mum to be. Um, so let's see. What about the uh, the moment when the baby is that first created? So this refers to when the the mother and father first actually have sex, um, and the moment of conception. Okay, not inception. That's a movie starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, this is conception. Um, they could make a movie called Conception, um, which would be, I don't know, maybe Lars von Trier could make a movie called Conception. It would be a very art house movie about making babies. It would basically be an intelligent porno. Um, anyway, conception uh, refers to the moment when, for example, the, the egg is, is fertilized by the sperm. We're getting a little bit scientific here, but uh, the baby was conceived let's say, to be conceived. And sometimes people say things like, oh, uh, let's let's take the example of David Beckham. They called their kid uh, Brooklyn, didn't they? And apparently that's because Brooklyn was conceived in Brooklyn. So they were in Brooklyn at the time. Um, and they, obviously, they must have had sex. And that's where the kid was conceived, okay, to be conceived. Um, in the list here, we've got some other sort of scientific terms. These aren't terms that you generally use in normal conversation. I asked Amber about these things. These aren't words that she's used a lot, to be honest, during her pregnancy. But they're still words that relate to the subject. Uh, they're kind of biological, scientific terms. You've got the egg, of course. The egg—that's that's, uh, that's the, the you know what the woman produces, and then the sperm is is what the man produces. And if you if the sperm and the egg meet each other you know one lucky sperm manages to get to the get into the egg and then that's when fertilization occurs this is like a biology lesson isn't it remember those awkward sex education lessons that you had at school well you're reliving them again uh, but through the medium of, of luke's english podcast um so uh then then what happens is you get an embryo an embryo is like a very uh, early uh like development of of a baby it's it's not even a it's not even considered a life form really it's just a collection of cells that's the embryo and after the embryo develops uh, it becomes a fetus which is you know like it, it looks like starting to look like a human you can sort of start to make out the uh, body and the head and so on and after, uh, uh, the, the fetus then develops into the into the baby um, right so Next item on the list is a pregnancy test. So, um, this is when, let's say, a woman thinks that she's pregnant, but she's not sure. Maybe she's kind of, her period has has stopped. She stopped getting her period, and she's like, oh God, why have I stopped getting my period? What's going on? Um, Maybe she's starting to feel a bit sick or other symptoms. Um, So, she goes to the shop, she goes to the chemist, and gets a pregnancy test. Um, so there you go. It's just called a pregnancy test. There you are. Um, morning sickness. Morning sickness. This is what this is um, how we describe uh, the fact that sometimes when a woman is pregnant, usually at the beginning of her pregnancy, she feels sick in the mornings. She might have to go and vomit or throw up or something, which or just generally feels some nausea. We call it morning sickness. Um, <clears throat> this is this it's slightly disgusting uh, this bit but you know it's reality man. This is what women go through when they get pregnant. Um, also they, they can feel a bit hormonal. Do you know what I mean? They feel a bit hormonal meaning that because of the, the, the pregnancy, a lot of hormones have been released inside the body and they can make her feel a range of different emotions. She might start to feel a bit emotional a bit stressed out, maybe a bit angry, a bit upset. Um, so, generally, you can say that she's feeling a bit hormonal at the moment because of, uh, because of the pregnancy. It's not just when a woman is pregnant. Uh, women feel a bit hormonal sort of once a month, don't they, around the time of um, their period, let's say. Uh, PMT, premenstrual tension, that's when women sort of get a bit stressed out um around the time of their period men you know what i'm talking about you know when you you know when your girlfriend or your wife kind of goes a bit crazy um and gets really angry with you it could be because you've done something wrong you know don't get me wrong it could be that you've just been an asshole and you're not doing what you should be doing but sometimes you get the impression that maybe it's just her period or something. I I, I don't know. I don't mean to be offensive to women, but come on, it's, you have to admit, sometimes um, you take it out on us a little bit. Fair enough, you know, it's all right. Um, Now, we've got another expression here, antenatal, antenatal, that's A-N-E-T-A, wait a minute, A-N-E-N-A-T-A-L, antenatal, and it means before birth. So, um, you talk about antenatal classes, these are those classes that women attend with their partner, hopefully. And that's where they learn about, you know, all the things that they need to know regarding, you know, preparing for the, for the birth, you know, all that sort of thing. I've never been to an antenatal class, so I don't really know what they learn. Um, you might have an antenatal scan. Um, a scan, that's where um, uh, the pregnant uh, woman's belly is scanned. Uh, and then you can see images of the unborn baby, um, and it's usually a very touching, very emotional moment. Oh my god, look at his little hands! And then the, the doctor says, uh, you know, would you like to know if it's a boy or a girl? And uh, if the couple, you know, have dis- have made that decision, they might say yes. And the, the, the doctor might go, well look, there you go, we can see quite clearly that it's a boy. Um, and uh, The the husband probably feels a moment of intense pride. Oh my God! Look at look at my uh, son's genitals. What a weird moment that is. Um, It could obviously though could feel proud if it's a girl as well. Um, You know, it's uh, horses for courses, isn't it? I suppose. Um, Is that the right the right idiom to use? Who knows? Well, yes, it is. All right. Okay. Next uh, next word I've got here is kicking. Um, kick to kick well it's fairly clear isn't it really you know kick to kick hit something with your foot you kick a football well babies when they're inside um, the uh, where is it that they're inside the uterus that's it when the baby is inside the uterus sometimes they get a bit active in there and they kick with their legs so sometimes women like oh I can feel the baby kicking there you go Um, right to give birth, this is the act, the act of actually, you know, of when the baby comes out, uh, to give birth, to have a baby, right, um, and we talk about the due date, the due date, D-U-E, the due date, so you might say, it's very common to say to a pregnant uh, woman, so uh, when's it due, when's it due, or do you know the due date, when's it due, when are you due, and then she would say, oh, it's due on the 30th of January. You know, have you got a due date? When's it due? Yep, 30th of January. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, the due date, all right? Um, and then when that date finally comes around, uh, the the how does the woman know that it's happening? Well, first of all, she's going to feel contractions. Contractions, that's when... Uh, uh, oh, God, how do I explain contractions? It's basically when the muscles start to... Uh, do their thing you know it's when the 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 birth begins i'm i'm not a biologist or scientist there's probably some women out there listening to this thinking i know exactly what contractions is but you know it's basically when the uh the 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 birth begins you get the woman starts to get contractions and it's usually quite painful um also the water breaks water breaks so a woman's water breaks i suppose that's just that the fluid in the uterus comes out and it's like there's water uh (laughs) water comes out and that basically means oh god it's started get to a hospital uh if the water breaks um i imagine there are some men listening to this kind of going what um and uh you know if you are if you are freaking out then don't worry it's all right it's fine it happens all the time there's no need to freak out there's no need to be disgusted it's just biology it's just normal okay so just chill out uh don't worry about it um to go into labor to go into labor that means to start giving birth to go into labor all right uh then in the hospital you would have the uh the place the part of the hospital where uh women give birth and it's called the maternity ward okay hospitals are divided into different wards a ward that's w a r d a ward so each ward is responsible for dealing with different things so where babies are born that's the maternity ward all right maternity is an adjective used to talk about you know being a mother or or having a baby uh, for example uh, we use the expression maternity leave maternity leave that's when a woman's had uh, a woman's having a baby or she's just had a baby and she has some time off work, maternity leave. You also have paternity leave as well. That's when a, a man gets usually a couple of weeks off work because his wife or his partner has just given birth. So maternity leave, uh, paternity leave and the maternity ward where the birth happens in the hospital. In the maternity ward, You have a specialist who's responsible for delivering the baby, and that is the midwife, okay, the midwife. The midwife can be a man or or a woman. Um, According to Amber, for some reason, all the midwives that she's met are are all kind of really young, hot, 20-something girls. Uh, Why is this? It's a mystery Uh, But anyway, midwife Uh, and the 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 job of being a midwife or the profession is called midwifery Okay midwifery just slightly strange pronunciation on that one a midwife but uh, The the occupation is called midwifery or being a midwife All right, and as I said the job of the midwife is to deliver the baby to deliver it Um, I mean Deliver it where you might be thinking what deliver it to someone's house no, just deliver it into the world, I think. That's basically how it works, to deliver it into the world. There are, there are some stories, like some parents tell their kids, when their kids ask where babies come from, some parents tell them that basically a magic stork, which is like a big bird with a big beak, a magic stalk flies in and carries the babies and sort of delivers them like that. But sorry, that's not how it happens. Um... No, it's usually delivered by a midwife in a hospital. It's not quite as mysterious and innocent as a as a uh, a bird just delivering it for no reason. Um, some people say that it's it's a miracle. It's a the childbirth is a miracle, um, and uh, there's a comedian called Bill Hicks who kind of. Doesn't agree with that. He's got a rather uh, he's got a rather unromantic view of childbirth, and he says childbirth is is no more a miracle than um, eating some food and a turd coming out of your ass, uh, which is not a very nice way of putting it. Um, but it's it's quite funny, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Um, anyway, so you might believe it's a miracle. You might think that it is a miracle, but it's certainly special. It's it must be amazing. To, to actually create a human life. I mean, that must be amazing. Is it a miracle? Well, it's, it's biology, isn't it? I don't know if it's, if it's really a miracle, um, you know. But uh, you can think whatever you like about that, really. Um, so the midwife delivers the baby. Um, and obviously the birth is quite a, quite a dramatic event, isn't it? Um, particularly for, the, for the, uh, the mother, but also for the, for the father, who kind of gets extremely stressed out. Goodness me. I'm, I'm not really looking forward to that when and if it happens to me, it's going to be a stressful moment for everyone concerned. Um, so the, it obviously can be painful. So the woman uh, has the option of having an epidural, an epidural, which is a kind of painkiller, which just makes it easier for the birth to ta- to happen. All right? Um, now if you're squeamish, then sorry but uh, an epidural is, is, as Amber mentioned in the previous episode, it's basically an injection. They take a long needle and they inject <laughs> painkillers into your spine. Oh, that's got to hurt. Uh, but maybe that's preferable to, you know, giving birth to a person. Um, yes, I, a lot of women, you know, they want to have a natural birth. That means that they um, have, a, have a baby without using any drugs. Um, and they're quite, you know, strong-minded about it. No, I'm going to have a natural birth. And then when it comes to the actual moment of of birth, they're like, screw it, I don't care, just give me an epidural. An epidural, all right? Um, So to give birth, the birth, the baby is born, to be born. Uh, I've mentioned a natural birth. Uh, The umbilical cord, the umbilical cord—that's the, the the lifeline that connects a child to to uh, his mother. The umbilical cord that gets cut. The the someone cuts the umbilical cord, and uh, that's where that's why we all have a belly button. We all have a tummy button because at one time that was where the umbilical cord uh, connected us to our mother. Wow, isn't it uh, isn't it strange and uh, uh, and mysterious and amazing? Um, anyway, so. Th- the umbilical cord sort of eventually becomes that what's left of the umbilical cord becomes like the belly button um the uh placenta there you go there's another biological word the placenta is like a kind of i suppose here's my definition of it it's a kind of a bag that the baby uh lives inside uh while he's in his mum's uterus um, and this placenta provides the, the baby with all his nutrients and stuff while he's he's um, developing. Um, all right. So next word is uh, twins. Twins. Obviously, obviously, that's when two kids are born at the same time, more or less. And you can have two different types of twin. You've got, um, well, a number of different types of twin. You've got identical twins. Those are ones that are exactly the same. And then you've got non-identical twins. That's where they've come from two different embryos, no, two different, uh, two different eggs were fertilized. Oh dear, I'm, I'm, I'm wandering into slightly dangerous territory because I can't explain scientifically the difference between an identical twin and a non-identical twin. But I think you get it, right? I think you get the idea. Identical twins, they look the same. Not identical twins are born, you know, at the same time, pretty much, but um, they don't look the same. So they, they, they both were, uh, they both gestated uh, in the womb at the same time. Uh, yes, there you go. Right. So uh, we also have uh, conjoined twins, conjoined twins. These are twins who are actually um, like kind of joined together when they're born, conjoined twins. Um, and these days, you know, that if it's sometimes possible to separate them, you um, conjoined twins. We used to call them Siamese twins, but for some reason I think that that's not really said anymore. We don't say Siamese twins, but I think it's a bit politically incorrect. Why Why Siamese? No, we say conjoined twins now. Also, it, it might be possible to have three kids at the same time, triplets. That is triplets. Okay, and then um, that's it. That's pretty much it for the, for the birth. After that, you have... Um, you know all of the messy stuff like nappies nappies are what kids wear around you know around their waist so that when they have to do a number 1 or number 2 they don't make a mess they just do it into the nappy um and you you have disposable nappies or reusable nappies um and um as amber said you, you might have to change a child's nappy sort of 10 times a day. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it was that often. Um, so that's why some people choose to use reusable nappies because it means that they're not sort of throwing away lots of disposable nappies every day and then sort of um, doing things that are bad for the environment. Um, but if you do use uh, reusable nappies, you've got to wash them. That's a lot of washing to do. God, it's, uh, it's, it's hard work. It's a big responsibility. There's lots of things involved in it. Um, and then later on, you've got to uh, explain things to children as they grow up. You've got to talk about the facts of life and the birds and the bees, um, which is kind of what I'm talking about here. The facts of life or the birds and the bees, that's basically how uh, children are born, how people are born, where babies come from we call it the facts of life or the birds and the bees um now i i have more words here on this subject i've made a separate list of sort of negative words or words that have sort of negative associations which um are a bit sensitive i didn't really want to talk about this stuff with amber because obviously she's about to have a baby i didn't want to dwell on all of this stuff but nevertheless here are some other words that have negative associations um, regarding pregnancy. The first one is abortion. Abortion, that's when, let's say, um, you know, the parents or the mother decide that they they can't uh, look after the baby, they don't want to have the baby, and so they choose to get rid of it. Uh, they have the baby aborted, um, an abortion. It's a very divisive issue. People have strong opinions on this. Some people are strongly against abortion for various reasons and others you know think that women should have the choice so this debate or these positions are uh, explained by using the terms pro-life and pro-choice okay if you're pro-life that means that you don't believe in abortion you're against it you're pro-life and if you're pro-choice that means that you believe that women should have the choice whether to have the baby or not so if you know pro-lifers often will say things like um, you know uh, aborting a, 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 an unborn child is is like an act of of, of homicide it's like killing the, the the kid and pro-choice people say well it's not really lo- that it's not really the case because they're not fully developed at a certain number of weeks so it's not the same as a homicide and also it's better to give women the choice because if they are obliged to have the kid they might not be able to look after him and as a result this child will grow up in you know in in the wrong way and it could be you know a terrible life this has suddenly become very heavy hasn't it this episode let's move on we've got other words like to induce labor to induce labor that means to uh, make a woman to 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 basically make the the pregnancy begin so if a woman is overdue, so the due date has come and gone and she still hasn't given birth, it might be necessary to start the pregnancy. Um, you know, by, I don't know how they do it, but it might be necessary to actually induce the labour. So to induce labour means to uh, actually start the, the birth um, you know, because the, the woman is overdue. All right. Then, of course, there's there's the other option, which is to have a cesarean, or a C-section. They call it a cesarean. Might be if there are complications during the the birth, and that's when there's an operation. And instead of um, what, instead of passing the the child through the cervix, instead there's an operation, and the child is removed from from the uterus. Uh, that's called a cesarean or C-section. Um, okay, right, I think, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna move on to the next word, which is um, stretch marks, which is something that women often worry about, stretch marks, this is after they've had a child, it can take a little while for their body to kind of get back to how, how it was before, so obviously at the beginning they had like this beautiful figure, and then after having the child, um, because the, the, you know, their belly has been pushed out so much by the 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 baby that afterwards they get stretch marks and it takes a little while for them to you know get their figure back some you know women often worry about not getting their 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 beautiful figure back again and um, there are loads of women on the internet loads of celebrities who apparently have these amazing methods of uh, getting their wonderful bodies back again after they've had kids um so it's a kind of a big deal, I, I guess, you know, I mean, imagine, imagine what it must be like. Um, also, sometimes women, after they've had the child, they experience uh, the baby blues. It's quite normal, apparently, baby blues. That is um, when women experience uh, postnatal depression. Um, so I, I expect, you know, if you think about it, you've got like the buildup of like nine months of everyone talking about it and all of the preparation that you've done and and then suddenly you have the child and boom there it is and suddenly you've got to look after this kid and it's like an overwhelming responsibility and you don't get to you don't get much sleep and there's a physical sort of trauma involved in it and so ultimately it can be quite uh, depressing, I suppose. Um, obviously, there's a lot of joy, um, amazing joy uh, that, that you've never experienced before in having your own child, but also that it can be quite an emotional experience too. So sometimes women get the baby blues or postnatal depression. I expect there's a hormone uh, sort of imbalance as well, like a physical imbalance of the, the, the woman kind of getting her uh, metabolism back again. Um, so there you go, postnatal depression and baby blues. Now, I'd like to sort of end that list of vocab on a more positive note, because I realise I've just gone through some negative things, Um, and that's that uh, all the people I know who've had kids, um, all the parents I know, and there's quite a few of them, it's a growing list of people now, because... Well, it's about time. I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. So, of course, like a lot of my friends have got children. And it's about time, really, that I uh, sort of followed suit, I, I expect. Um, but uh, all the people that, I've, that I know who've had kids, they all say, yes, it's, it's a challenge, but it's, it's great. It's definitely worth it. Um, so, you know, that's the positive side of it. It's, it's a, a joyful thing to do. OK, so that's the vocab. Um, All right. And remember, you can see that list of vocab on the web page for this episode. And uh, let me now go on to kind of give you some comments and opinions on pregnancy from the man's point of view. Okay, now we heard about it from Amber's point of view, from a a woman's perspective. Let me tell you about it from a man's point of view. Now, I realize that I haven't had a kid myself, uh, but I'm just going to kind of give you my comments as a bloke. All right. Uh, again, you can read what I'm saying if you visit the web page for this um, episode, and you can follow uh, what I'm saying word for word. Now, okay. So, comments and opinions on pregnancy from the man's point of view. Pregnancy is a wonderful thing, and all that. Um, imagine finding out that you're going to be a mum or a dad. For the man, I imagine it's a complex feeling of pride, joy, protectiveness towards the woman, and total panic. Not for all men, but for some. It's scary for the woman, of course, because she goes through all these physical changes and it can feel like there's an alien inside her or something. Uh, But also because she's facing the moment of childbirth, which must be very daunting because of the pain and and the, the danger. Not to mention the pressure of then looking after the baby when it arrives. These fears are also accompanied by amazing joy, I guess. But let's face it, it's also pretty scary which is quite normal, but it can scare men quite a lot too. Obviously, it depends on the individual and everyone's different. but we often hear about men's reactions to finding out that they're going to be a dad. A lot of men are really proud and over the moon, which is great, but some men will freak out and run a mile at the mere mention of having kids. I'm sure you've experienced something like it. When you're in a relationship, and perhaps if you're a girl... You bring up the subject of children, and your boyfriend just freaks out, avoids the question, gets defensive, or perhaps just refuses to even talk about it. Guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? When that subject comes up, and you just want to say "Whoa, there!" or just um, "Oh, actually, I've just realised that um, I've got to I've I've got to go." Yeah, I've I've just remembered that I've got to leave and um, escape to. Just to somewhere else. I've I've got to go to Alaska, yeah, because um, because of salmon. Yeah, there's lots of salmon that that need to be caught, and it's very important because the world needs salmon. So, uh, bye. Now, obviously, that's that's the wrong thing to do, uh, but um, th- that might be a kind of reaction that a man has in his head uh, when he realises that he's either going to be a dad or his girlfriend's talking about it. But why is this? Now, I'm not a dad yet, so I don't really have first-hand experience of this, but I suppose that it's, it's a kind of a big deal because a whole new responsibility has arrived and we want to do it properly. So it's a change and that's a control issue. Suddenly the rules have changed and we feel a bit out of depth or something. Also, we feel that we're the providers and so we want to make sure that everything is provided for Money, security, and so on. Men will often get a bit serious and look for more job security, but it can take a little while for the reality of it to sink in. Sometimes men just can't quite face the reality um, and they need to do it in their own time. Um, I'm talking about men's reactions to having kids, but I realise that to an extent it's a heavier burden for women. It must be a massive thing to do to bring someone into the world. But then again, I suppose the girls get the advantage of being able to create human life, which is pretty exceptional, I suppose. Is exceptional the right word? Well, I suppose like half the population can do it, which doesn't really make it exceptional. But you know what I mean. Uh, They don't do it alone, though. Hopefully they'll have someone else with them. Um, Women immediately face the reality of pregnancy, although some do deny it. Uh, but sometimes it takes a while for the news to sink in for a man. It can take more time. For example, it doesn't sink in until they hear the heartbeat or see the sonogram of the baby, the, the antenatal scan of the baby, or even not until birth in some cases. Um, those are just my thoughts, and as I said, I'm not a dad yet, so I'm, I'm just speculating. I did do a quick Google search And I found seven fears that men experience this is from a website called babycenter.com Now I would normally I would never normally search for this kind of thing Uh, Who knows maybe i'm just subconsciously gearing myself up for being a dad who knows Anyway, what are those seven fears you might be thinking? So let me just have a look I'm going to just get the website up here seven Fears that men experience. Okay Okay Here we are, babycenter.com. Not my most commonly frequented website, but they say that there are seven fears. Right, security fears. Apparently, the biggest fear that men face is the one most deeply hardwired into our culture. Will I be able to protect and provide for my family? So there you go, security fears. I'm just going to I'm going to copy that and put it into the document that I'm working on here. uh, This transcript. So i'm just i'm just doing that live there you go security fears uh the next fear is performance fears apparently Um, and it says more than 80 percent of the fathers i come across in my practice say that they're worried that they wouldn't be able to perform when their partner was in labor they're afraid of passing out throwing up or getting queasy in the presence of all those bodily fluids Um, All right, so this is just the sort of the stress of the moment of of birth and will the guy be able to handle it Uh, To get queasy means to sort of feel sick Um, Okay Let me just read what what she says such fears may be based on cartoons and sitcoms and our culture's way of making fun of men But two things become clear All men expected it and it almost never happens in follow-up interviews it turned out that only out of that only one out of 600 men fainted and that was in august in fresno in california and that the air conditioning had gone out and that two of the nurses had to leave the room too Um, so actually it's not very common according to this for men to faint or have sort of you know that many difficulties um to faint of course is to pass out you know if you kind of you see it in, it's true, you see it in movies and sitcoms. It's like the husband is there while his wife's giving birth and he's like watching. It's like, honey, I'm going to watch the, I want to be there for that special moment when the baby's born and then the special moment arrives and he's like, oh my, and he just faints. Um, All right. Next one, next fear is paternity fears. Paternity fears. So Uh, it says here, about half the new and expectant dads I interviewed eventually came around to admitting that they had fleeting thoughts that they weren't really the boy's father. Whoa. So I guess it's maybe sometimes guys aren't completely sure that they're the dad. Um, Because you never, you know, can you be absolutely sure? Obviously, if you trust your, your partner, then that's enough. But, you know, Seems that some guys aren't completely sure. Um, uh, hold on, I've, okay. Let me go on to page two of this web page, and we'll have a look. The next one is um, a little bit dark, and that's mortality fears. Um, and it says, when you're part of the beginning of uh, when you're part of the beginning of a life, you can't avoid thinking about the end of life. Thoughts about your own mortality can loom large you're not the youngest generation anymore and your replacement has arrived and if everything works out right you'll die before your child does for a lot of young men who go around thinking that they're immortal or invincible that's a big change um all right wow so it does sort of represent like a big moment of change in your life which ultimately sort of makes you think oh my god i'm not the sort of young uh immortal guy anymore uh the order has changed uh the It maybe brings you closer to your own mortality. Wow, this is a heavy episode, isn't it? Um, All right, let's see what the other fears are Fears for your partner or your child's health Um, Childbirth is a nerve-wracking experience Scary things can happen to the person that you love most in the world Um, So there you go. Just the the sort of health uh, Fear there. I'm just adding that onto this document um okay what else do we have are you all right everybody everyone okay you're not getting uh uncomfortable no of course you're not you're cool everyone's cool it's fine we're all relaxed and comfortable no one's freaking out right guys good so uh, the next fear is relationship fears um and it says most often uh, men often fear that their partner will love the baby more than anyone on earth And exclude them from that intimate relationship it's a very real fear of being replaced wow so i guess some guys feel like uh once the baby arrives their loving wife or girlfriend will say well got the baby and i love the baby and so you're you're like second on the list now so maybe sort of men can feel a bit excluded or even a bit jealous um i wonder um let me let me see is that it or no there's another page um, wait a minute let, let me just see she, she gave a bit of advice for that one and it says my advice to dads is to make it clear that this is his child too and that he's a partner in raising him he needs to spend time alone with his baby and sometimes kick mum out of the house so I guess that means that dad needs to you know realize that he's also, the, the dad's father and that uh, it's not just mum and baby, but that, you know, he's completely involved in it too. Uh, next one is fears of women's medicine. All right. Men are not used to the gin establishment. I don't know what that means. What's Objin? Uh, I'm going to have to Google it. I think this is a special thing that I've never heard of. Ob- obstetrics and gynaecology obstetrics and gynecology, uh, surgical medical specialities, dealing with the female reproductive organs. So this is basically all of the specialist knowledge uh, relating to this subject. So guys, you know, might feel that they don't know enough about all of the science, and as a result, they feel kind of uh, a bit alienated about it. Uh, You know, like the the environment of a, of a maternity ward can feel a bit uh, uh, cold and a bit weird. Um, so being prepared apparently is a good idea. Making decisions together about the kind of care that you want for your partner and the baby helps tremendously. Um, so also just reading up, just doing your reading is important. I wonder how many of you are actually taking on this advice. <laughs> are any of you actually thinking of becoming a dad? Um I actually had a bit of um text chat I exchanged some emails with a listener to this podcast um Zdenek um and you know Zdenek he's got his own podcast it's called Zdenek's English podcast and um we had a bit of a chat about this topic and he said that what did he say he said that he well basically he freaked out a little bit cuz um I don't know I don't know if he's ready to I don't know if he's ready to be a dad, but it's up. That's up to him. He can, he can tell tell you, and us, and me, what he thinks about that. Um, but uh, uh, Zden- Zdenek, how are you doing? You you okay? You're not freaking out, are you? Don't worry, mate. It's all normal and natural, and everything's cool and groovy. Okay. And anyway, you don't need to worry about it um, at this stage because um, you're you're like a single guy, the Czech Republic's most eligible bachelor, let's say. Any women in the Czech Republic, um, you think I need a cool guy who, um, is kind of single and speaks good English and can help me with my English. Um, and he's got a sense of humor. Look no further. Zdenek Lukas, he's out there. Um, you can find him on the internet. Zdenek's English podcast. Uh, check him out. Um, and, uh, That's it. I'm just Zenek. I'm just hooking you up. All right, mate. Good. Okay. So okay, the the sort of transcript is going to begin again here. In the end, though, although it's a bit overwhelming, it's also great because you get to see your child grow through all these important stages in their life, like the first words, the first steps, etc. And you get to relive your childhood a little bit too. So now let's hear from a real father. expressing his experience in a really honest way this is louis ck talking about being a father who is louis ck basically he's a really um funny in my opinion comedian from the states Um, he's kind of like the biggest comic in in the usa at the moment Um, And this is a video that he recorded, I'm not sure when, a couple of years ago. And it's a video relating to Father's Day. I think he put it out onto the internet on Father's Day. Um, Louis C.K. often talks about being a father. This video isn't really part of his stand-up comedy routine. It's more just a message to fathers out there. So first you'll hear Louis C.K. defending himself against people who might assume that he's a bad father because they see him texting on his mobile phone while walking with his daughter. It looks like he's not really giving her the proper amount of attention. But in fact, he's a pretty good dad. He's not perfect, but it seems that his kids love him. He also talks about how he decided to be a good dad and to give it his best shot. So here it is, Louis C.K. talking about being a dad.
1: A few days ago I was leaving a restaurant with my youngest daughter, and I was holding her hand, and I was texting with this hand. Yeah, I'm that guy. A woman walked by and she gave me a dirty look like, "Mm, you should pay more attention to your kid. Okay, guilty, but I have something to say to that woman. This is why I'm able to spend time with my kids when I should be at work. It was noon on a Thursday, okay? I had a crazy amount of work to do, but my kid graduated from preschool that day, and I wanted to take her to lunch. It was a great lunch. We sat at the same side of the table the way she likes. We shared a chicken cutlet. I ate some of her chicken cutlet. We looked at her drawings. She told me many stories about the chinchilla in the classroom, and so now I'm texting and you walk by, eh, bad father. What do you know? Okay, I'm being defensive, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been texting. You know, when my kids were younger, I used to avoid them. I used to sit on the toilet till my legs fell asleep. You wanna know why your father spends so long in the toilet? Because he's not sure he wants to be a father. I felt like being a dad was taking away everything I wanted to be, and I was right. But so what? What's so great about our lives? What the hell is an adult without kids? What's the point? So I got off the toilet. I flushed down my personal dreams, and I decided I'm gonna be a dad. I'm not gonna be mom's assistant. That's depressing. Don't do that if you're a dad. Just wait for her to write you a list. Walk around the store staring at it and call her from the cereal aisle to make sure you got the right thing. Be a man. Make your own list. Do we need any avocados? Fathers have skills that they never use at home. You run a landscaping business and you can't dress and feed a four-year-old. Take it on. Break them up. Spend time with your kids and have your own ideas about what they need. Give into it. It won't take away your manhood. It'll give it to you. I did that. I spent more time with my kids. I took it on. I found out that I'm a pretty bad father. I make a lot of mistakes. I don't know what I'm doing, but my kids love me. Go figure.
0: Go figure. Yeah, there you go. That was Louis C.K. giving you his personal uh, experience of uh, sort of struggling to be a dad and then just f- sort of facing up to it and taking on the challenge of, uh, of like being a proper dad. And uh, I like hearing that. I, th- I think that's a quite a touching and way, very well put uh, uh, thing that he just said. Um, now, I wonder if you understood everything he said. Um, you've probably got used to listening to me with my kind of British English accent and then hearing Louis C.K., who is from the east coast of the U.S. He's originally from Boston, um, but he's basically living in New York now. Um, it, it might uh, have been a little harder to understand what he said. I've got the whole thing here transcribed, so I'm just going to go through it again in my voice, just to give you a chance to pick up perhaps some of the things that you may have missed. Um, You can read this, um, as I've said earlier, you can read it on uh, teacherluke.wordpress.com, episode 162. And uh, let me just read it for you, and then we'll probably call it a day on this episode of the podcast. So here we go. This is Louis C.K.'s words. Uh, just read by Luke from Luke's English podcast. Um, A few days ago, I was leaving a restaurant with my youngest daughter, and I was holding her hand, and I was texting with this hand. Yeah, I'm that guy. A woman walked by, and she gave me a dirty look like, hmm, you you should pay more attention to your kid. Okay, guilty, but I have something to say to that woman. This is what I'm able to... This is why I'm able to spend time with my kids when I should be at work. It was noon on a Thursday, okay? I had a crazy amount of work to do, but my kid graduated from preschool that day, and I wanted to take her to lunch, and it was a great lunch. We sat at the same side of the table the way she likes. We shared a chicken cutlet. I ate some of her chicken cutlet, We looked at her drawings. She told me many stories about the chinchilla in the classroom. And so now I'm texting and you walk by and... "Mm, uh, Bad father! What do you know? Okay, I'm, I'm being defensive. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been texting. You know, when my kids were younger, I used to avoid them. I used to sit on the toilet until my legs fell asleep. You want to know why your father spent so long in the toilet? Because he's not sure he wants to be a father. I felt like being a dad was taking away everything I wanted to be, and I was right. But so what? What's so great about our lives? What the hell is an adult without kids? What's the point? So I got off the toilet, I flushed down my personal dreams, and I decided I'm gonna be a dad. I'm not gonna be mum's assistant. That's depressing. Don't do that if you're a dad. Just wait for her to write you a list, walk around the store staring at it, call her from the cereal aisle to make sure you've got the right thing. Be a man, make your own list. Fathers have skills that they never use at home. You run a landscaping business and you can't dress and feed a four-year-old? Take it on, spend time with your kids and have your own ideas about what they need. Get into it, it won't take away your manhood, it'll give it to you. I did that. I spent more time with my kids. I took it on. I found out that I'm a pretty bad father. I make a lot of mistakes. I don't know what I'm doing, but my kids love me. Go figure. Okay, so go figure. Um, Go figure. That basically means like, let's see, when, uh, when you don't really understand something. You'd say, just go figure. Um, what do we say in British English instead of go figure? Uh, well, go figure. Like, well, you, you know, you work it out, I suppose. It's something like, well, you work it out, meaning I I don't understand. Just work it out. You work it out. Um, all right, so, I mean, that's what Louis C.K. Thinks, thinks. I'm not completely sure I agree with what he said about what's the point of being single, because I, I think it's still valid to 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 be an adult without children i think there's still contribution that you can make it's still a valid thing but i understand his his decision to like take control and actually actively take part in being a dad and from what i know about louis ck that was actually a very important moment in his life it was a kind of a turning point where he decided to take control starting with his his family and as a result like things turned around for him and now he's like having massive success with his tv show and and other things and i think it kind of comes from the fact that he just took a he got his priorities right he put his family first um, and let that kind of feed into his his comedy and as a result it just sort of slotted into place That's the end of this episode of luke's english podcast I've got some sort of news and stuff to tell you i'm going to have to do it in another episode um, My phone is ringing. It's on vibrate uh, So i'm going to have to answer that um, I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. I hope that you found it useful And um, that now if you end up having a conversation about you know having a baby uh, as you probably will do eventually, that you'll be able to do it. You'll know all the right w- words and things. Um, leave your comments. Uh, as usual, I'm always interested to to know what you think. So go to teacherluke.wordpress.com and leave your comments on this episode. Um, I'd like to hear your opinions. I'd like to read your opinions there. Okay, thanks very much for listening. This has been Luke's English Podcast, and for now, it's bye, 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 bye you've been listening to Luke's English Podcast. In fact, you are still listening to Luke's English Podcast. In just a couple of seconds, you're going to stop listening to Luke's English Podcast, but for now, you're definitely still listening to Luke's English Podcast. And all it remains for me to say is thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast.